shame. Your failures are not final. Written by Bishop C.M. Wright. Unresolved shame is the most debilitating spiritual condition with which we contend today. It is the root cause of almost all Christian inconsistency, and it is the primary reason many do not pray. It is the foundational reason for almost all backsliding. Let's examine shame and its effect upon the lives of God's people within these next few weeks. This is what we'll be going over, and I hope that you enjoy it. If you need the notes for this lesson series, they are on our link tree, which is on our Instagram and in the description of this podcast. We hope you enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to this week's episode of Breaking Apostolic Taboo. I am Bailey Romans, and this week on our lesson series, I think I said last week that this would be our last episode of Shame. It is not. Um, I'm not sure how many more episodes we have left, but uh, it it's not as many as I thought. So, <laughs> um, here we go. The emotions of shame. Sometimes people have, have so buried their source of shame that they live in denial that they have any shame at all. However, the evidence of shame are irrefutable um, ponderance or are irrefutable shame has many distinct sim- symptomatic emotions which the person of shame cannot bury we uh i don't know what that word is of these emotions are resident in in any individual it is sufficient proof that this sh- that shame exists and and their being if they deny that they have any shame at all I feel like i can't read today those who would minister to those with shame will occasionally encounter those who will uh, vehemently deny that they have shame. Using this list of emotions is one of the only ways to begin to persuade someone to consider their situation and to allow themselves to be helped. While all of us in a normal life have, have or will have some of these emotions on occasion, those without shame work their way through their or them relatively quick. However, those with shame find themselves experiencing many of these emotions repeatedly. Those with the most debilitating shame will find that some of these emotions are almost always present with them as a matter of daily life. It would be a very rare thing to find someone with all of the listed emotions. In fact, some people with shame will have what appears to be extreme opposite of some of the itemized emotions as discussed in the pre- previous section, The Lifestyle of Shame. However, those emotions, which are revealed when we least expect them to be, will be directly related to the cause of shame that they do have. Some of the, some of the below-listed emotions will seem, like, will seem synonymous of, of the same condition, but in reality, they are so different from diff- for different people. One of the most important things to remember when dealing with this, with the emotions of people with shame, is feelings do not have to be true to be real. This point must be made to those who have come to the place of believing that everything that they feel is true because they feel it. As long as they believe that they will never be free, feelings and facts are not synonymous. Feelings some feeling something does not prove that it is true. While this is not an exhaustive list, many of these emotions of shame are inferiority, depression, embarrassment or extreme fear of embarrassment humiliation hopeless uh loneliness helplessness feelings of being flawed damaged etc 
disappointment, and or extreme grief over lost opportunities, dreams, hopes, plans, loved ones, etc. Regret, usually with deep sorrow, alienation or abandonment, feeling unclean, dirtied, or soiled, abiding anger, quick temper, unexplainable fear of or terror, fear of failure and or fear of rejection, shyness or timid to the extreme, feeling confused or confounded, perplexed, fear of making decisions to even the point of paralysis in daily life, tendencies toward habitual procrastination, for the saved, the absence of this of the sense of righteousness, peace, or joy being present in their daily lives, unwillingness or the inability to trust anyone, feeling unlovable or unwanted, feeling feelings of unworthiness, feelings of worthlessness, feeling like I just can't do anything right, feelings of self-blame, feelings of self-hatred, <clears throat> feelings that when things go wrong, I get what I I got what I deserved, desire to uh, punish or do harm to the self, or suicidal feelings. Uh, guilt versus shame. Shame is often confused with guilt. Guilt and shame are not synonymous. Guilt equals shame or offense deserving of blame or punishment. One, guilt rejects the act as wrong. Shame rejects the one who committed the act. Guilt results when I violate the word of God. Shame results when I am accused of not being good enough to keep the word of God. Shame is directly about self, which is the focus of evaluation. With guilt, self is not central objective of negative evaluation, but rather our focus is on the thing done. Guilt says, I have done wrong. Shame says, I am wrong. Guilt says, my conduct is not good. Shame says, I am not good enough. Guilt says, I have failed. Shame says, I am a failure. With guilt, the the response is a desire for atonement, to make amends, to correct a mistake, or heal a hurt. With shame, there is just painful feelings of depression, alienation, self-doubt, loneliness, isolation, paranoia, compulsive disorders, perfectionism, inferiority, inadequacy, failure, helplessness, and hopelessness, which continuously spiral us downward into defeatism and a spiritual, emotional, and mental paralysis. Shame produces narcissism in us. Narcissism is defined as a psychological condition characterized by self-preoccupation, lack of empathy, and unconscious defects and self-esteem. Thus, the biblical condemnation is synonymous with shame because it speaks of, of a verdict. When we have condemnation, we have judged ourselves unforgivable and unredeemable and unlovable, the result of shame. Shame is the source of separation from God. Guilt separates God from us in eternity. Shame causes us to separate ourselves from God here in this life. And in the Garden of Eden, through Adam and Eve, we are naked. They did not, or were naked. They did not see themselves as such. Why? Because they were not ashamed. Genesis 2.25 says, And they were both naked, and the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. After they had sinned, they hid themselves, but not because they, they felt guilty. They hid themselves because they, they were naked and felt ashamed. In Genesis 3, 7 through 10. And the eyes of them both were open, and they knew 
that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and, e- Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord call- God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. How did they know they were naked? In Genesis 3.11, And he said, Who told thee that thou wast naked? Hast thou eaten of the, of the tree, wherefore I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? Let's see. So the Lord implied by his question that they would not have known that they were naked unless someone had told them. Who told them? Revelations 12.10, And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now is come salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God and the power of Christ. For the accuser of the brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. The most frequently used appellation for adversary in the Bible is devil. I don't know if that was the right word I said. Oh, well. Medical science has been forced to acknowledge the existence of inner voices. They have had to admit that these voices are the cause of almost all of our emotional problems, but they adhemently refuse to agree with with the scripture that these voices are the work of the enemy of our souls. They call these voices the inner voice, the shaming voice, the inner critic, distorted thinking, negative self-talk, etc. Adam and Eve hid from God because they were afraid. Their fear was the result of their, sh- of their shame. There is no fear in love. The problem was they had lost the ability to believe that God could love them, which is shame. In 1 John four sixteen through 19, it says, And we have known and believed that the love that God hath to, uh, or that God hath to us, God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect that we may be have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts us out. Fear, because fear hath uh, torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. Uh, day of judgment. Let's see. Oh, that was the wrong thing. Did not mean to read that. Even though Adam and Eve have sinned, God did not separate himself from them. In fact, he went looking for them. He sought for them. They did not seek for him. Why? They felt shame, not guilt. Our guilt is not a problem to God. Our shame is the problem. He is well able to deal with our guilt. He provided all that was necessary to deal with our guilt. All we must do is asked to be forgiven and we are however shame is the problem because there is more for us to do if we are not able or willing to cooperate we prevent him from being able to help us we must all come to the place of recognizing and acknowledging our guilt before god can help us in james 2 10 for whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point he is guilty of all romans three nineteen says now we know that what things soever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. Feelings of guilt, 
feeling guilty for sins that we have committed is a positive sign that God is moving in our lives in order to bring us to repentance so that he can forgive us. God is able to and ready to forgive our sins. When he does forgive, he also forgets. In Micah seven nineteen, he will turn again. He will have compassion upon us. He will subdue our iniquities, and thou wilt cast all their sins into the depths of the sea. In Psalms 103, 12, it says, As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgression from us. Isaiah thirty-eight seventeen says, Behold, for our peace I had great bitterness, but thou hast in love to my soul delivered it from the pit of corruption, for thou hast call, cast all my sins behind thy back. The Lord wants us to accept his forgiveness so that we may be able to forgive ourselves and put our past into the past and leave it there. Only then can we go forward in his un in him unencumbered. Philippians three thirteen through fifteen says, Brethren, I count not myself to have appeared, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. As long as I have I have a past that I am unable to let go of, I will have no future in God. If there's anything in my past that I cannot think of without the memories producing feelings of pain and anger, etc., then I am not free. I am not healed. As long as my past causes feelings, those wounds are not are an open door to the voice of the devil, which enables him to lie to me about me because he lies sound or because his lies sound and feel believable i am shamed the de- the, the descendant or deception of the shame paralyzes me and that is all we have for this week's episode sorry i was struggling to talk a little bit uh it's been a long day and we're getting close to the end of the school year so i hope y'all have a good day thank you for joining us this week on breaking out the solid taboo I am Bailey Romans, and let's start talking.